0: Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, brought to you by Crosswindsgolf.com. Unleash your inner tiger on one of the most beautiful golf courses in the country. I'm Mark Hepscher Today Today we acknowledge the greats of sports. I wanted to be one of the greats of sport yesterday. I thought I would go for a walk around Toronto and I wonder how many kilometers can you walk? Right? How many? What's the most you've ever walked before? I got one of those devices, you know, and I'm on my phone. A I, good
1: walk, I think 20k would be wow, a very good walk. That was
0: really. I went, I went 14k yesterday. <laughs> no, that's that, amazing. That'd be okay. That's amazing. It was a great day to walk, and I'm I'm walking it through downtown. But the, I should Toronto. point out the
1: yeah. 20k was in Rome, so it's like when you're here. Oh, uh, here, I would never do a 20k. I do like yeah, 10 to 15. I
0: did a 14k. And uh, by the way, thank you, Toronto Mike, uh, on the controls here uh, as usual. Um, so we're talking about the greats of sport, and last night was Game Seven between Cleveland and Boston. And I'm, I'm saying to my wife, you know, let's go watch. Let's watch LeBron. Now, under normal circumstances, like I said, you know, and I think maybe most partners might be like this, like, you know, honey, I really I don't care about sports at all, or I'm really into sports, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, let me know when it's something really important or exciting, as opposed to just a regular season game with a bunch of nobodies.
1: Like an event. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be an event.
0: So Game 7 is an event. I don't care what. It's an event.
1: Winner it's, take all. I love Game 7. Yeah,
0: it's the Super Bowl, right? It's, uh, it's, the, it's the championship of the World Cup, or the Champions League, or whatever you want to call it. It's the game. So we're watching last night, and... We're, our, our mouths are just like LeBron. Like we're waiting for something to happen and then LeBron just sort of takes over as if, like on script. So I don't want to be the dead horse because this is the furthest thing from a dead horse. <laughs> this is LeBron. This guy is, not only is he still alive, but is it possible that he's better now?
1: I this In our last episode, we talked about LeBron James. Is he the greatest of all time? Is he better than Jordan? And I told you, I felt he was, already the greatest of all time. Well, I would argue what he did last night in Game 7 against the Celtics is his greatest accomplishment yet. Kevin Love was out with the concussion uh, symptoms. Who who? Think about it. Who was his secondary option last night? Those guys, he dragged, he carried those guys uh, 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 to a win on the road. Boston was 10-0 and 0 in Boston in these playoffs. I could not believe my eyes that LeBron did it again.
0: So LeBron has three NBA titles, right? Michael Jordan's got six. Kobe's got five. Bill Russell has 11 championships. Yeah, no one talks about Bill Russell. No, And the reason they don't talk about him is because he was part of a team that went to the uh, NBA finals eight years in a row, just like um, LeBron. Except in those days, back in the 50s and 60s, the Celtics were by far the best team every year. They were nauseatingly good like not Bob Cousy, John Havlicek after that bill, Russell, Sam Jones, Casey Jones, Satch Sanders. I could name the whole team. Seriously. They were Bill Sharman. They were an unbelievable team. They passed the ball. It was not a one man type of show the way things are in the NBA today. And those are the only guys, those players from the fifties and sixties of those Celtics championship teams are the only other ones besides LeBron to play in eight straight finals. But it was different in those days. You didn't have to get through the same types of teams, but still credit where credit's due. But eight straight finals, eight straight. He's won 24 consecutive Eastern Conference playoff series, 24 series in a row, winning the series. Oh, you won another round. You won another round. You won another round. You won. That's amazing. It's amazing. He's won six
1: game sevens in a row as well. But six
0: game sevens.
1: Let me ask you this. Michael Jordan went to play baseball for a couple of years. Yes, he did. Look Look at the regular season record of the Bulls teams without Jordan. You can see they had exceptional regular seasons. They were great, great teams without Jordan. Now, LeBron left for Miami. He went four years in Miami. Look at the Cleveland Cavaliers record during the four years. LeBron wasn't there. Horrific. Horrible. Case closed. Yes, you got six, but LeBron's not even done yet. He's already at three. I don't worry about that. I use my eyes. I watch both careers. LeBron is something otherworldly. That's
0: a good, good way of putting it. 35 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists, 8 turnovers. So if you're just looking at the scoring line, you're going, oh, you know, typical LeBron, you know. But it's the way he scored the points. And it's the circumstances. As you mentioned, Kevin Love out. Out, done, concussion. So now, who's he got? Well, I got J.R. Smith over there. Yeah, I got, oh, Jeff Green, you get to start now because we don't have uh, love. You, you'll get the ball a few times.
1: Who was amazing last night.
0: They were all great. And Tristan all,
1: Thompson, who
0: don't have a lot to work with. Right, they were all great because LeBron made them great, okay? He made, the, the, he made a pass at the end of the game last night, a long like really. Uh, so if, there's nothing the guy can't do. The only thing I don't like about it is this. He's so good, it's ISO basketball. So now, all right, the other team scores or they grab a rebound. Let's start the 24-second clock. Cleveland's got the ball. LeBron walks it up. LeBron walks it up. It's eight seconds to get it. He, he got. He got one violation where he couldn't get it over the, the, the half court at eight seconds, but he, he walks it up, he walks it up, he walks it up. Now there's 15 seconds left on the clock, and he's still dribbling and standing there and dribbling. Now but, there's 10 seconds, right. and he's dribbling, and he's shucking and jiving and juking, and now there's six seconds, and now there's four seconds, and now there's three seconds, and now he starts his moving a double moving and draws the foul and lays it in with like .5 seconds to go on the shot clock. <laughs> right. Like it's amazing, but nobody else touches the ball, except maybe he gives it to Tristan Thompson, who gives it right back to him so this iso basketball this type of basketball is very different from the lakers of the 80s showtime magic worthy running and gunning and which i love i love that kind of basketball every game should be 153 to 138 i'm seriously yeah you didn't get that last night (laughs) right but but and that's because defense generally is boring right but not the way the cavaliers play like lebron is blocking shots at the rim he's taking guys down and then and then when this rookie, Jason Tatum, decides he's going to dunk over LeBron and then, and then get in his face. I, saw, I said, taunt, don't do that, buddy. You don't taunt LeBron James. <laughs> and they weren't even leading. I think that dunk got Boston to within one. <laughs> right. And now he's showboating. He's a oh, and I said, geez, you don't want to do that to LeBron. He, he learned then, a, val- a
1: valuable lesson last and night. And I
0: believe after that, I believe Boston scored two points only after that dunk. I believe that was it.
1: Hepsi, did you notice that uh, LeBron James never came out of that game? That's right. Four, 48 minutes. And that's the first time he's done that since he was 21 years old So, in a playoff
0: game. So think about this. The other night, he wanted to play 48 minutes, and Tyron Lue gave him two minutes off. He took him out with, I think, a minute 20 to go uh, in the third quarter so he had the minute 20 and then he had the break between the third and fourth quarters and then he came back out again so he played 46 minutes uh 2 days earlier right, right. so so he's coming off <clears throat> a 46 minute game right and, and it's his 100th consecutive game of the year so he's not missed a game since the be- since preseason he's played 100 games 100 games now that is the equivalent of three full college seasons okay that's 100 games in one season, and he's playing better than anyone else, and he's in his 15th season. 15th season. And right. he's been taking all kinds of treatment on his right leg. Because right. remember the other night he took a bad fall. And everyone said, oh, man, he's there's no way, there's no way he's going to come back and win game six in Cleveland and then game seven in Boston. It's just not going to happen. And it did. 48 minutes. Who plays? The only guy that I know of that played all 48 minutes all the time was Will Chamberlain. I mean, that's a did not come out of the game, was such a force offensively and defensively. You could not afford to take him out of the game, and he wanted to play, right? That's the king. That's the man. That's the marathon man. Don't take me out because LeBron at 65% is better than everybody else at 100%. But
1: that's an era when starting pitchers always often pitched all nine innings, right? True. Like it's a different time for how you used your athletes. So this uh, is old school, right? Playing all 48 minutes
0: is old school. So in the fourth quarter, in the fourth, LeBron makes four out of six, had three rebounds, four assists, and this is after leading the league in minutes played and playing a hundred games. It's a remarkable and three team. games in five nights. Three games in five nights is wild. So I'm so I, I went and did some research, and I'm thinking, who else in their fifteenth season of professional sports ha, has had a season like this, and it's not over yet? In his fifteenth season, so Barry Bonds had an amazing fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth seasons in baseball, but. The suspicion, the size of his head first of all. Well, more than suspicion. Well, I mean, he took. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's no. I mean, that man I, was juiced. He was juiced. He was juiced. So you know, you can look at his 15th season and Roger Clemens and say, yeah, mm, drug and drug enhanced. Same right? story. Um, Tom Brady had a really good 15th season, right? But but as part of a team, the Patriots, which were a good team too, he gets tremendous credit for being the leader of that, but not the same way LeBron does. It would be as if Brady threw the ball, ran the ball. Kicked the ball and did every and played defense. Like, you imagine Tom Brady as a strong safety coming (laughs) up to make the tackle at the line of scrimmage. That's LeBron. That's LeBron. That's if Tom Brady was a two way football player, he'd be LeBron as great as he is. Phenomenal. So, you want a
1: comparable? Uh, Possibly Roger Federer, maybe.
0: Yeah, different. Well, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, tennis players and even golfers. I mean, I could say Tiger Woods in his 15th pro season you know, had an, I, I don't know. Or but, Nick, but golf, or I Nicholas almost feel, but it's not the
1: golfers same. Golfers, they can win in their 40s. Wait, like, that's a whole different but story. But
0: wait, yeah, it's exactly different. It's not like you had 15 grueling seasons playing against the toughest competition going head to head, literally banging heads, literally against them. You're playing on the same golf course as another guy and you're really not trying to beat the other guy. You're trying to get, you know, beat the golf course. So it's different. But still, 15th, 15th pro season of professional team sports. This is an amazing accomplishment and he's only getting better. Um, and here's, Cavs coach Ty Lu, and a quote here. I mean, the bigger the stage, the bigger the player. He's been doing it for us since we've been here. The great quote from the great Doc Rivers is, you always want to go into Game 7 with the best player. And we had the best player on our team going into a Game 7. I like our chances, and he delivered again. It's, it's tr- Again, you want to have the best guy. So now the Cavs, now they wait. They wait tonight, the winner of the Western Conference matchup, which is another Game 7. So here, while the NHL is idle... And we'll get to that in a second. They start the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're like, oh, that's right. There's a Stanley Cup to be contended for. (laughs) I thought. So while that's going on, here's two game sevens in the NBA conference championships. Huge. And the fact that um, Golden State is not, uh, they're not unbeatable. They can lose. And Houston has a team that can beat them. And they did so the other night without Chris Paul. They got their butts kicked. So now it forces a game seven in Houston, which is all very exciting. I'd like to see Houston against Cleveland. I think that would be fantastic. Can you imagine? James Harden, a healthy Chris Paul, who I think is going to play tonight, even though he's a game-time decision. He'll play. He'll play if he has to drag the other leg out there. Right? So he'll play for sure. And Cleveland-Houston, two really good sports towns. I was in Cleveland a while ago. And a side note, Cleveland Mm -hmm. played Houston over the weekend in baseball, in Cleveland, and it was a hell of a series. And yesterday, they played one of the greatest games ever. Cleveland-Houston baseball, which took place before Cleveland-Boston basketball. The Indians scored five runs in the ninth at home, five in the ninth to tie Houston. You're down five in the ninth and you come back to tie it. And then in the top of the 13th, Houston took the lead on a home run. Oh gosh, after all that, we got five in the ninth to tie it. Now they got the lead in the 13th. What does Cleveland do in the bottom of the 13th? They tie it and then they win it in the 14th inning. A rookie named Greg Allen with his first home run of the year. So they're already calling it the game of the year. Cleveland wins 10-9. Then that night, Cleveland fans go home, and they see LeBron win in Game 7 on the road against Boston. And now Cleveland, which for how many years was just the worst sports city with the worst sports teams and still have the Browns. And the Cavaliers were called the Cadavers. (laughs) I mean, they were horrible. And now, one year after Houston wins their first World Series... Cleveland and Houston are like the like the cities of the future. These are the good sports towns, good basketball team, good baseball team, pretty good football team getting better, right? I'll take your word for it. Okay. (laughs) Good enough. Um, so
1: yeah, Cleveland won. And, and regardless of who wins this game seven tonight, which I can't wait for, hmm. uh, LeBron's going to be the underdog. So it'll be. Uh, do you think so? I th- um, think he'd be the under-
0: against Houston? Do you think he'd be the underdog? It's
1: it's LeBron and a bunch of guys. I mean, I hope Kevin Love can come back, but still, I'm I'm. And they remember they blew up this team and rebuilt it mid season. Yeah. Remember, yeah. like we forget that yeah. this you, was they have no business being in the finals.
0: Do you feel better now that the Raptors got swept? Yes. by the team that just beat Boston. Yes, because
1: now I can say, oh, even though, yes, seven games for Indiana and seven games for Boston, but, you know, they weren't able to beat LeBron either. No,
0: but in that game one, they should have beaten them. And had they, and even Chuck Swirsky, the former uh, Raptors uh, play-by-play man who now is a play-by-play man for the Chicago Bulls, Chuck Swirsky said, had Toronto won that first game, right, might have been a totally different thing. They might have knocked off LeBron. They might be going to the NBA Finals. Right. But they didn't. So the Stanley Cup final begins tonight in Vegas. I'm picking the Washington Capitals to win the series in six games, though I'd really like to see a sweep. I want to see Vegas out. I want to see it over with. I want to see hockey done with. I I, I just think that I don't know how much greater the hockey can get, how many more storylines there are. You've got Ovechkin there. Ovechkin is LeBron, except he's not. Right? I mean he's a great player and as we uh, Crosby's one, more one LeBron of the than Ovechkin but Ovechkin uh, No no but oh hang on yeah. no 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 I'm talking about as a complete player. Ovechkin is a big guy. He likes to hit people and of course he's a great scorer. Now, can he shoot the 3? I don't know. <laughs> right? Is he a tap-in master? Is he a uh, does he lead the team by example the way LeBron does? Is he a distributor the way LeBron did? Is he a triple-double? Is there such a thing in hockey? What is that? What's a triple-double in hockey? You win a fight, you score a goal, you get an assist. Oh, that's
1: a Gordie Howe hat trick.
0: That's a Gordie Howe hat trick. But what would be the equivalent in hockey? Got, you're a shot blocker. You're a tough guy, right? Uh, you're mean, and you're, you've got great hands. Wendell Clark, how about that? Wendell uh, Clark, pretty good. <laughs> you're a distributor, the whole thing like that. Um, that problem I find with any of these sports where there's a long layoff, is the it's a momentum killer, right? You want if the series is over, you want a day off, and maybe two tops, and then right back at it. But for the Stanley Cup playoffs, it just took longer than. And Vegas has been off for what about three weeks? When was the last time Vegas played? April. It sounds. It seems like. It feels it. like that. It does feel like it. And that momentum. Now to get that momentum back to say, hey folks, let's not forget hockey. Stanley Cup playoffs is is difficult for me to get into it. I used to like it better when the seasons were staggered, where. It just seems to me that the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs run concurrently. And did they all, were they always like that? Is it, I remember it that way. my imagination? I used to, I always thought the NBA season started a month after the NHL season. And then therefore, and, and I guess I'm wrong here, but I always thought that when the NHL was into the Stanley Cup final, final or finals, final, when they were in the Stanley Cup final, the NBA was in. Uh, The conference semifinals. They were like two rounds behind. I always thought that because their season started. NBA season always starts around um, Halloween. Right. Right. And the NHL season always starts around first week of October. But anyway, I guess it used to be they end in May. It would be done in early May. NBA and NHL but not anymore. So I'm trying to get back into it. I probably will by game 3, maybe game 2 or 3, I don't know. I want to see what Vegas is like for the Stanley Cup final where they go woohoo, but they've been doing that for the last 3 rounds anyway, so.
1: It's interesting. You're going to root for a sweep, get this over with. I'm hoping for another Game 7.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't be that upset if it's a Game 7. I just kind of, I, when I say that, I mean I want Washington to win and show their dominance and say, ah, you guys were just an expansion team. It's the end of the road. And then the Vegas fans can go back and say, well, it was a good run, but we got swept in the final, so we got something to work towards next year. As opposed to, we're the Stanley Cup champions. What are we going to do for an encore? Right? And who's the LeBron James player on, uh, the LeBron James type on the Vegas Golden Knights? Someone- Andre Fleury. Yeah, a goalie. Yeah. You, you, but you need a guy with some flair out there. Not that he doesn't have. Not that Flurry doesn't have flair. It's it's different. So, and it's an unfair comparison as well. You may have heard the name Andy Frost before. If you listen to Toronto Mike, for example, he was a guest of Toronto Mike not too long ago. Uh, Andy Frost was the host of a show called Psychedelic Sunday on Q one hundred and seven in Toronto for over thirty years the soundtrack to my Sundays for a long time. But he was also associated with the Toronto Maple Leafs as their PA announcer at the Air Canada Centre from, the, from, from when the time they moved into the Air Canada Centre. And before that, he was the host of a show called Leafs Talk on the radio. And before that, he and I worked together along with Joe Bowen on the Maple Leafs radio broadcasts. When I left the television show Sportsline on Global TV in the mid-'90s, I took a gig at Q107 and AM640, the sister station. I did the morning sports on Jesse and Jean's show and on the Q Morning Zoo with brother Jake Edwards. I was also the play-by-play announcer for the Toronto Argonauts, and I was the color commentator for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Originally, when I took the job, I was promised I would do play-by-play. I wanted to do play-by-play. What, what kid doesn't? You know, from the time I did play-by-play on the street doing road hockey, Right. So I wanted that gig. That's why I left television. And then there was a, an issue that summer I was doing the Argo play-by-play and my boss called me and said, look, um, the Leafs really want Joe Bowen to continue to do play-by-play. He's been doing it for a number of years and they would rather that you did color, you know, the, the, the color man. Right. Now I'm not a former player, so I don't have the same, you know, or, or, or coach. So I don't have the same, um, Uh, background and knowledge of you know uh insider analysis uh, well as someone who played the game at a high level or coached the game i don't have that i'm more of a commentator kind of a guy right or a stats guy so uh i kind of reluctantly and nothing against joe the guy joe's great but i wanted i kind of wanted that gig and when i was promised it i i quit the tv job anyway long story short i'm doing color you know joe's joe's the main guy he's a play-by-play guy i'm the color guy and one day joe uh Rex is back. I believe it's the only game he's ever missed. It was the Leafs-Montreal at Maple Leaf Gardens, right? And I get the call from Bob Stellick, or was it Pat Park, the PR guy, and he says, uh, you're doing the game tonight. Joe's, uh, Joe can't get out of bed. He wrecked his back. And so Andy Frost stepped in to do color. So Andy Frost and I are doing our first NHL. I'm doing my first NHL play-by-play game, and he's, I think, doing his first color game for the NHL. Um, and we're in the booth, and it's the Leafs in Montreal at Maple Leaf Gardens. Whoa. It was awesome. Leafs (laughs) lost the game, but it was thrilling, exciting stuff. And then later that year, we went on a road trip. Andy's from Winnipeg. And he, and so he, we went along to do a Leafs-Winnipeg Jets game. These were the original Winnipeg Jets, not the new former Atlanta Thrashers. The
1: now Phoenix
0: Coyotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we go to, Win- and it's Andy's hometown. And he said, I'm going to take, take you to North Winnipeg, where I'm from, and we're going to go to some hot dog stand in North Winnipeg, where he grew up. And this is the middle of winter, and it's uh, the day before the game or whatever, and we take a cab to North Winnipeg, his hood. And, oh, there's so-and-so's all over there. And in Winnipeg, they get so much snow that the snowdrifts are so high and the ice doesn't, the snow doesn't melt, that they pile up the snow on the sidewalks, right between the sidewalk and the street, so that if you park your car in the middle of a block, you cannot just go and walk onto the sidewalk. You have to walk to the end of the block, right, the intersection, right. and then go down the sidewalk there. I, I've never seen anything like it. We go to this hot dog place. He shows me around North Win- North Winnipeg, his uh, homestead. It was. He loved it, and he told me the story that he was such a hockey fan that back in the day, he and and uh, his friends used to play table hockey, and he would keep not only keep score, right? He he would keep score of the entire game, like the goals and who the assists were from. I mean, meticulous. He showed me these books. Wow. Right? And what they were what they were consuming that night, for example, you know, like whole <laughs> like what they ate and what they drank. I was say, and, how many beverages? And they what they consumed. smoked or whatever. Yeah. And he had a list. So, and it was like, and I'm thinking, wow, this guy's like a real hockey nerd. So, good on Andy, 30-odd years at Psychedelic Sunday, Maple Leaf uh, um, PA announcer for many years at the Air Canada Centre, and um, a good guy, too, so I'm going to miss him.
1: Hats off to Andy, but we must mention that his uh, son was a first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Flyers, Morgan Frost. Morgan
0: Frost, that's right, Um, and uh, we're going to talk about another famous son of another famous person in a couple of minutes, but hats off to Andy Frost and uh, Psychedelic Sunday is no more. Uh, and speaking of greats, yeah. So Gordy Howe is one of two Hall of Famers whose son is also a Hall of Famer. Think about this in all of professional in all of professional sports, all of them. Think of a father and a son. Think of all the great fathers, sons. Ken coming. Griffey, Ken Griffey, and Ken Griffey Senior, right? But how many of and them? Barry Bonds. How many of them? The father and the son, both in the Hall of Fame. How many? In, give me the main sports. Give me basketball, baseball, football, hockey. Those four main sports. I can't think of and any. And tell me of, uh, of any basketball. guy yeah. who is in the Hall of Fame who also has a son that's in the Hall of Fame. Besides Gordie Howe and Mark Howe? Or is that the answer? Besides <laughs> you Gordie? besides Gordie Howe and Mark Howe.
1: Wow. Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, I don't remember uh, Del Curry getting in the Hall of Fame, so when Steph is there, he won't have his dad there. But well, Steph's not there anyway, so no, it doesn't matter, because okay. we could do
0: Vladimir Guerrero and there. Vladimir Guerrero <laughs> Jr., right? <laughs> okay. And he's not even in yet, he hasn't been inducted until this Hold summer, on,
1: right? uh, you, um, give me 10 seconds to think here. Yeah. I'm gonna give I the, got nothing. I okay, got nothing.
0: you got Bobby Hall and Brett Hall. Of course, of course. Okay, and that's it. That's all. There is no Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonds. Bobby's not in the Hall of Fame anyway, and Barry's not going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Right. Right. So there's none of that. You don't have it. Yeah, you've Ken Griffey's Gr- not there. Nope. You're right. Ken Griffey's no, Ken Griffey's not there. Yeah. So you've got, you've got Bobby Hull and Brett Hull, two phenomenal goal scorers. And you've got Gordy Howe, who played till he was 52 years old, and his son Mark Howe, who a lot of people forget. He's a Hall of Famer. Mark's a Hall of Famer. And by the way, it's his birthday today, He's 63. And we're going to talk to him in a second. But Mark Howe, if you look at his body of work, he started... He was 17 years old playing in the WHA with his father. He played seven years with his dad, right? So, of course, you're going to be known as Gordy's son. How can you not? You're playing on the same line as your, as your dad and the same team as your dad. But people forget, and a lot of people did not see Mark Howe play hockey when he was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. I did. I saw him play. I saw WHA games with Mark Howe. I saw him play for the Toronto Marlies as a junior. He was a defenseman. He scored, I think he scored like 45 goals as a defenseman. For the Marlies, they won a Memorial Cup that year. George Armstrong was the coach, but he had played in the Olympics as a 16-year-old for the United States in Sapporo in 1972. He played in the world, in the... Um, The Canada-Russia series in 74 when the WHA played the Russians. That was a fantastic series. But a lot of this is not available. You can't find as much of it on, you can find some of it on YouTube. Mark Howe is a fantastic player. Just his NHL numbers, forget about the seven years he played in the WHA, just his NHL numbers are worthy of Hall of Fame induction. But if you look at his total numbers, it's quite remarkable. 1,355 pro games, 405 professional goals, 841 assists for 1,246 points. That's almost a point a game as a defenseman, all right? In the Hall of Fame, no Stanley Cups. None. Not st- Played for the Flyers, played on two great Flyer teams that went to the Cup Finals and lost both times to the Oilers. Seventh game, I believe, in eighty Yeah, 87. Ron right? Ekstahl, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was a heck of a player. But, but again, Seven years as Gordie Howe's son. Seven years as, oh, yeah, well, if it wasn't for your dad, you know, that kind of a thing. And he ends up being into the Hall of Fame. So I run into him on the weekend. There's a place called Frozen Pond Collectibles. If you're a sports fan at all, and I would say especially a hockey fan, but a sports fan, you got to check this place out, Frozen Pond. My buddy Hirsch Bornstein opened it 25 years ago when the sports collectible market was just sort of getting interesting in the early 90s, right? And I had asked him if he knew where I could get a picture of Sandy Koufax, an autograph picture. And a uh, uh, Kofax is extremely rare. He doesn't sign. He, he's he's a he's a recluse, and and he was my hero. So I said, "Would you be able to find me?" And he said, "Let me work on it." And he found a fabulous photo of Sandy Kofax autographed, wow. which he got for me, got it framed. Right, I think it was about three. I think it cost me about three hundred and fifty bucks. Many many years ago,
1: it's priceless though.
0: And then from that point on, he managed. You know, he found great stuff and he started a, a collectible store and uh, he's now got a huge place uh, and a lot of ma- it was mail order for years and then of course once the internet came along it was much easier to you know do it via the internet so uh, he had his 25th anniversary the other day uh, up in Vaughan and you should see the luminaries he had there right uh, he had Bobby Bond there and wow. he had Ronnie Ellis there and uh, and he had uh, um, all kind- of, Darcy Tucker was there he had Hebsey there. I was there as well, yeah, and I ran it now I run to Mark Howe, okay, I run it to Mark Howe, and here's the story. The story is Gordy Howe, when I was in school, was the most famous hockey player in the world. Everybody knew who Gordy Howe was, and I'm in tenth grade and I'm in homeroom in tenth grade at Newtonbrook Secondary School in North York, and the teacher is calling the role, you know Abbott here. Barnes here, eight Hebshire here. How? How? Is Mark Howe here? And everyone in the class goes, Mark Howe, M- Mark Howe, Gordie Howe's son, because we knew he was playing for the Toronto Marlies. Right. We knew he was going to play junior hockey in town, but we didn't know he was from here. He was going to this school. We had no idea. Wow. And we're looking around, and he's not there. And so I, I Mark Howe, the ho- Mark, Mar- Mark Howe, right. So it's got to be him. So I said, well, he's he playing hockey, and I think they were in Sudbury the night before or whatever, that type. Anyway, the teacher every day would call the roll, and every day there wouldn't be a Mark Howe there. He might have showed up once or twice. <laughs> no one knew what he looked like because he was never around because he was playing junior hockey. And one day, Gordie Howe shows up at the school, and the word spreads like wildfire. Right? Imagine today if at your kid's school LeBron James showed up. Sidney Crosby showed up. Right. Know, that. So the place would go nuts. Social media would go crazy. People would be taking pictures. But in those days, they didn't have that. So Gordie Howe is in the school. He's in the principal's office talking to the principal, explaining why his son isn't in 10th grade because he's going to be a professional hockey player. Anyway, I got to know Mark Howe pretty well. I see him on the weekend. I had not seen him in years. Howie, he goes, "Habsy." And we start talking about the days in high school and all that kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I say, hey, can we do a little interview together? I've got this podcast called Hebsey on Sports, and I remember you from this and that, and would you mind talking? I always talk to guys and ask them about their early days of their careers, if they remember their first goal and their first game and memories like that. And we spent several minutes talking, and here's part of the conversation.
2: Uh, First pro game was in uh, WHA. We played in Los Angeles, and uh, like anybody else, when you're 18, you're just nervous as all get up. And uh, I remember we uh, we won the game, uh, and we ended up flying to Edmonton the next day. And uh, I think I got run over by Jimmy Harrison. So, uh, uh, but no, it was uh, just to be on the ice with uh, played on the same line with my dad, and uh, it was just a great experience. And it's and it's something, you, I mean, you work your whole life for, uh, work 18 years to make it to pro hockey. You get there, and it's, uh, it's, it's somewhat of an accomplishment, but it's the beginning of, uh, of trying to become a pro is what it is.
0: Do you think you would have accomplished what you did as a hockey player
2: were you not the son of Gordie Howe? Uh, not quite sure. I think, uh, I think internally I was uh, driven to achieve. Uh, I always had a passion for hockey from the time I was born, uh, and I knew I was going to be a hockey player. Fortunately, I was born with some God-given abilities, but uh, I knew in my uh, heart and soul that I was going to play, and uh, it, it definitely made it easier for me, breaking into professional hockey, being online with Dad, because Dad was such a great accomplished player, even at the age of 45 and 46. So he made the adjustment a lot easier. Plus, uh, it was nice having somebody with his reputation on your line, too. So it saved me some bumps and bruises. But uh, once I got on my own, I got into Philadelphia, um, things kind of changed, and I think I was able to to then blossom. But uh, being a younger guy at 18, and I had a lot of ability, I think maybe I didn't totally believe in myself, maybe didn't have all the self confidence that I had. So I think. playing with dad for uh for five six years seven years i think it, it gave me time to grow um strength and in, in a in a belief in myself which i think helped me become a much better player in the long run
0: if there was one opponent that you could have avoided your entire career that just made life miserable for you who was that uh you just hated uh, playing against them.
2: I didn't actually. I didn't hate. There was there's. Oh, well, there was always two guys. Uh, I always had the assignment of the best guys in the league, and uh, I mean you had the Troches, the, boss, uh, the Bosses, and uh, but playing against Wayne and Mariel, uh, you know, in my era, was uh, I never hated it. Uh, they sure embarrassed me a lot, <laughs> but it was actually it was great. And you tell people, I said, you you look forward to the challenge. And there was times where you came out and. Yeah, they made me look like a fool, uh, but it, that's part of what makes a great game so great. Is that, uh, like, I started at eighteen, I retired at forty, and I said, "You never ever quit trying to become the best." And to be the best, I had to beat those guys. And yeah, the odd time I'd have my way with them, but yeah, nine times out of ten, it was the other way around. But. Um, no, I, I don't think I really ever hated playing against anybody. Uh, but those two guys right there, they were just so gifted and so much better than anybody else that they made life so difficult on the ice. But, but I thoroughly enjoyed every second playing against them. I just loved the challenge.
0: All right, that's the great Mark Howe, 63 today. And he mentions the teams that he, he had trouble with. He never went to a he was never a Stanley Cup winner why because when he played the Islanders won four cups the Oilers won five cups the Penguins won three ha, three cups so there's 12 years right there that you're not going you're not going to win because there's Mario there's Wayne and his gang and there's the Islanders and they're the gang it's like every year you're coming up against the best players uh so anyway so that's uh, that's Mark how one of only two professionals who are in the Hall of Fame whose father is also in the Hall of Fame so just think about that one uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show and, uh, I urge you to share it with your friends. Sharing is very, very important. Shout it from the rooftop. That's nice. But, uh, tell everyone that you, you love the show and share it, let them know. Cause the more listeners we have, the better it is for everybody concerned. Uh, and we want to have a sustainable, entertaining podcast, Hebzi on sports. Do me a favor, put the word out, share, comment, write a review, go to hebseyonsports.com. Subscribe via Apple music, Google play, Stitcher or XML and uh, thank you Uh, thank you so much for listening that's it for the show your comments opinions suggestions ideas feedback welcome at all times hit me up hebseyonsports.com on On social media I'm Hebsey Man on Twitter Facebook and Instagram thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration Hebsey on Sports brought to you by crosswindsgolf.com in beautiful Burlington and by sportsfantasiesunlimited.com I'm Mark Hebsher thanks for listening so long for now